What's up, y'all? My name's Kim Young Kim. This is the Young Legends Podcast, and I'm here today with Ross Boone. Ross Boone is the artist name of writer and illustrator Ross Boone. He has degrees in mechanical engineering, industrial design, and a seminary degree in theology. He has worked as a product designer for over 12 years, designing mostly outdoor products ranging from bird feeders to patentable umbrella mechanisms to garden gnomes. But throughout his professional career, he has always loved to draw and write. So five years ago, he branched out on his own and started his own company in which he did some product design, but more illustration and animation. He makes art that reflects a Christian walk, and he writes a blog which has over 600 posts about how to pursue God even when the world makes it hard. He has written six books, ranging from novels to nonfiction to kids' books, some of them covering the same topic. He now often consults with people to help them find and pursue their calling through a process he realized has led him to his own calling, it's called mission mapping. Ross Boone, thank you so much for joining me today. I am super excited about this interview. And man, it's it's really good to have you. How are you doing today? Kim Young, I am so excited to be on here, man. Thank you for having me today. Fantastic, fantastic. All right. So, man, you have such a great resume and um, just you've done so much in your life. But uh, I wanted to start with a uh, conversation about how you got to where you are now. Now we can start at birth. We can start during the teenage years. We can start wherever you want to. But tell me about your journey as an artist throughout your life, uh, how you found your calling, and uh, anything else you'd like to share on that topic. Yeah, thanks for asking. When I was in high school, I was good enough at math for my career counselor and my dad to kind of push me towards engineering, even though the whole time I was doing a lot of writing and a lot of drawing in my free time. And so I ended up going to a, to a um, engineering school, got an engineering degree, but the whole time I was writing and doing a little bit of art here and there. And after my engineering degree, I saw a bunch of people were getting jobs at like water purification plants and cement factories. And I just thought, this is not for me. I want something really creative. I found a, another career path called industrial design, which combines some mechanical tendencies with creative ones. And it was product design, basically. And I got another bachelor's in that and then went into a field where I was designing outdoor furniture and outdoor decor things like you read in the bio, uh, bird feeders, wind chimes, fountains, even like little garden gnomes. So I got to draw a little bit in this career doing yeah, a lot more drawing, but also some sort of inventing kind of engineering type of thoughts. And I did that for a like a nine to five job. And that's what moved me from Colorado to Kansas and then to Atlanta. But the whole time, still I had been writing and I had been doing drawing and I should have listened to this but I had some bosses who are like huh maybe you should pursue this this drawing this is really cute or this, this seems like something you really love to do I think maybe this was both my benefit and my downfall like this was my my strength and my downfall because I loved it so much I didn't invest as much of myself into succeeding at those jobs as possible, I think, because I just wanted to be writing and drawing, especially in the form of helping 
people draw closer to God. Like that was what seemed to be most important and meaningful to me. So I may not have been invested as much as I should have been in my jobs. I actually got let go from the one I had been with after it divided into, it splintered off into a bunch of little companies after some uh, things happened with the company. And uh, after a year I got let go and one of the bosses, I think back now and, and she said, yeah, you should really pursue your art. So I think maybe they recognized I would be better in that career anyways. And so I just went out on my own and said, okay, cool. I have a little bit of savings, which I think was important to uh, begin a freelance career. And I just, every passion project that I did, I posted it on Facebook and or Instagram. And this got the word out to people that I am an artist doing interesting things. And so if they knew somebody in their sphere of influence that needed some artwork done, they would call me. And so I just slowly built up from the smaller clients to bigger clients. And uh, now that's what I do. That's how I earn my money. I want to move into doing all of my writing and drawing for my own vision, though. Right now, I help other people realize their visions the most. That's how I earn the most money. But I want to move into my mission, which is, I think, drawing people closer to God through writing and drawing, especially struggling Christians like myself. So um, that's just my journey and where I've landed, where I'm at. I think each person has a unique journey, but if any element of what I've been through helps, then I'm glad that I have told my story. Wow, that's amazing. I uh, Yeah, I can resonate with a lot of that. Now, let me ask you a question. Was there any thought of even pursuing a career and a path of art while you were in high school because generally people who are artists show some some acumen some skills with art whether it's drawing painting whatever the case may be was that even a idea that you had in your mind when you were in high school you know I don't think I was around enough people who encouraged me to go in that direction in order for me to think that it was a viable option my dad was a engineer and the, I think I grew up in a family where it was expected to do the responsible thing, which would be you go engineering if you can do it because you can get a, a reasonable job. So I didn't really open up myself to the idea of pursuing art as a career. Closer to what I wanted to do, though, would be the inventing. I wanted to make things, invent things that, like little gadgets that could help people. And I had a lot of those ideas from time to time. Um, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I, my, my goal originally was to become a toy designer. And garden decor isn't really toy design, but it kind of satiated that desire to create. But, you know, I think this is probably a good method for moving towards art for a lot of people who feel some tendencies towards art move in a direction that you really could get a legit degree for as cheaply as possible because school debt sucks. I don't have any, luckily. I, I just went in-state in Colorado, found a, a pretty good degree for as um, you know reasonable price, got it, got that under my belt. That gives me legitimacy. And then when I had this kind of consistent job where I could earn consistent money. Then I started doing art in my free time and writing in my free time. Um, so this gave me the, the nine to five job gave me the freedom and the stability in order to hone my craft of art 
and then let it kind of take the forefront eventually when it got strong enough, which was important. It needed to grow. It needed to grow. I didn't um, have as much talent as I needed to at that point in order to succeed. If I'd gone to an art school, maybe that would have been fine, especially if it were like a really applicable one, like graphic design. I think product design was a good one for me, but it's interesting now that I'm focusing almost um, 90% on, on art. Okay, great. So it sounds like hedging your bets is an important thing because when you're an artist, it, it is difficult to uh, sell your stuff. It is difficult to make money just selling your artwork of what you want to do. And that sounds like a, a thing that you think is important uh, just to make sure that everything's taken care of. It sure is. And, you know, it, it occurs to me that like my art that I'm making for me, my true passion, this stuff that's kind of revolving around my spiritual life isn't the type of stuff that automatically will earn me a bunch of money. And if I had gone fully into art, art, trying to make money fully at it, I probably wouldn't be super satisfied making other 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 people's visions my whole life. You know, that is what I do a lot with my, with my time. I do, you know, most of my money comes in through freelance clients who say, Hey, I need you to make this for me. And then I have to make their vision come to reality instead of pursuing my own. So I like to tell people, and this is what's helped me find a career that, that helps you hone the skills of your passion but maybe it isn't exactly your passion because you kind of don't want it to become all about business. Otherwise, you can get burnt out on it. But if you can find a kind of skill at a slant to what you, your real passion is, one that kind of gets you connections in the industry or gives you exposure to new potential clients who might like your passion art, maybe that's a good way to invest your your time. Yeah, that's a good thought. And just being able to hone your skills on someone else's dime not that we're using anybody it's a win-win but exactly. that, that, yeah that's awesome okay great well um tell me about being an artist what is your favorite part of being an artist what is your least favorite part and we can talk about um i guess you as a solo artist not necessarily the client work that you do but as a solo artist what's your favorite part about it what's your least favorite part um and maybe even talk about some misconceptions and myths that people have in their mind about what it is to be an artist cool okay yeah so client artwork does have positives and negatives too but my my passion artwork the positive is i love that moment i mean i really love the whole process but the moment of being inspired and then creating it um and then I try to put it out onto Facebook or Instagram to get feedback. And then I incorporate the feedback to make it even better and to raise awareness that it's coming out. This new project is coming out. The negatives, though, would be any of the administrative stuff I have to worry about, like getting my computer up and running, downloading all the programs needed. It is kind of fun to, to learn a new program. Like I learned After Effects, which is an animation program, motion graphics and stuff. And that was a hard, laborious project, but it opened up a whole new door of possibilities for me. I can take all the art that I was already doing and just putting music and motion to it. The I would like to talk about the 
the my favorite part and least favorite parts of client work though again it is it is the the creative work that i love but the administrative like taxes and billing and even um emailing back and forth to get the vision straight is necessary but it's a it's not as much fun as getting to the actual artwork itself which is probably common that's probably what everyone all the artists think and it's a probably good indicator that you are meant to be an artist if you love that art pro that art process part of it now if someone wants to be a professional artist but they just hate the idea of doing administrative stuff you probably want to work for a company doing it because Doing it for yourself as a freelancer, small business, you're going to have to do some of the administrative stuff. And again, that's any of the paperwork, any of the computer maintenance, any of the, I don't know, overhead stuff that you just got to get in place before you can make the art. Okay, great. That's, um, yeah, that's, those are good thoughts. I hate administrative work too. I think me and you are very similar in that vein. So I do feel your pain as you sit here and talk about it. I'm starting to <laughs> remember the emails that I have to send right now. And I'm like, oh, gosh, no. I was taxes yesterday and the day before. Oh, my gosh. It just breaks my soul. <laughs> yeah. 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 Breaking the soul for one day. And then hopefully yeah. you go do something fun afterwards. And then it, it's not too terrible. Let's go hang after this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, tell me more about mission mapping. This is a really cool concept. Um, I've seen some of your work. It's fantastic. I mean, all of your art is fantastic, but I really like this idea. I like the idea of helping people to find their calling. And I mean, it's just such a cool idea. So tell me more about this. Tell me maybe how you got started, but even more so just the process and what it does to help people along their journey. Oh man. Cool. Thanks for asking. I love when people ask this. So I just looked back and tried to figure out how I kind of honed in on what I want to do. And I realized it was this process that I could help lead other people through. The gist of it is if I am built uniquely for something and can do it better than anyone else in the world, I should probably figure it out and pursue it. And, you know, the way I live my life, I would rather live with my efforts focused on pursuing a purpose than just killing time. For me, I don't have a desire to pursue the American dream. My Having a family, even though it may happen, isn't my, my foremost vision in life. I just want to make a difference. I want to use my skills to their utmost. I want to hone them. I want to be, I don't want to watch, I don't want to waste my life watching TV, you know, or playing video games. I want to take every opportunity I have every year in my life to put it towards what I am built to give this world. So when I sit down to do a mission map with somebody, this is, I sit down with them with a piece of paper and I draw three big circles and start asking them questions. It takes about an hour to an hour and a half. And these are the main questions that have helped me come up with my mission. They are, one of the circles is what are your strengths? The other circle is what are your passions? And um, where those two circles overlap is going to be our sweet spot where we can do something we're good at and do it 12 hours a day because we have such a passion for it. But then I loop in one more circle and it's your struggles, particularly what are your struggles you've worked through through your life? 
Like if for me, it was, I've struggled through um, doubt. This is a, this has been a very interesting, difficult journey of faith, but I've chosen to still believe. But through the process, every time I have doubt, my brain comes up with solutions or I search out solutions. And because I've done this for so many years, I have answers to give back to people who are earlier in this journey. And this helps me identify my audience that I would be perfectly built to speak to because I have the empathy of their struggle. I understand intimately the the feeling and the process one goes through when experiencing what my struggle is, if it's their struggle. And I have a platform to speak to them because if they say, oh, Ross has these struggles, but he's made it out the other side and it has so much more wisdom, I want to listen. So what we what we try to do with mission mapping is I sit down with them and ask them questions for each of these three categories and just figure out what they are super good at. This is usually the things that teachers or parents or peers have told them, wow, you're good at this, or you should really do more of this. Or people say like, how did you do that? Because it means like you're doing something that other people can't do. Then you find out where that overlaps or complements something you're passionate about. What you're passionate about are those things that you could do for 10, 12 hours at a time and just feel more energized because of it. Those things where they say you get into flow state where hours just pass because you're because you're doing it. You know, I get so easily distracted by texts and emails and stuff, but when I'm in flow state, that stuff takes a back seat. It can also be your passions can also be those things that you used to play when you were a kid. Because if you loved doing it when you were a kid, there's a good sign that whatever it was that made you love doing it then is probably deep within you and would make you love the parallel activity now. Maybe you can't play with G.I. Joes or something like that because we're adults, but maybe there's something about that role-playing aspect that you love to do that would make you a good story writer or a good person working with with other people if you know you're like pretending like you're commanding a squad of other GI Joes maybe you'd be a good leader and, and you're honing your your skills of leadership um unknowingly when you're a kid so hopefully that explains um all three of those categories a little bit yeah that's mission mapping oh and um I want to put a little plug in for this um book that I'm working on called the millennial monk this is um how to pursue a life devoted to purpose instead of the American dream. And in this book, I spell out the the backing behind why it makes sense to live for a purpose instead of just killing time or doing the status quo, and then how to pursue it, including this three-step mission mapping method, and then a lot of on-the-ground, nitty-gritty, how-to-get-it-done sort of life hacks, sort of business hacks. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I feel like I need that book right now. So go ahead and send me the rough draft yeah. and I'll just look yeah. it over. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, going back to the mission maps, uh, if you don't mind, could you, because uh, you've done this for a number of people, yeah. could mm-hmm. you, do you mind sharing and we'll, we'll change names and we'll change locations and all types of things. But could you tell me about one particular client that you've worked with that you helped to to kind of walk us through what it would be like to get a mission map of our own. Yeah, um, yeah I sure. think that would be super helpful for people to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. 
Yep. Okay. I'll give you maybe two quick examples because they're a little bit different than each other. The first one is um, a guy I know who was looking for a new job. And I asked him what his skill sets are, and he said he's great with people. He, I asked him what his passions are. He said he um, likes to help people understand things better or walk beside them in processes. And what were his struggles? His struggles were um, having self-discipline. He's like had to work really hard at having self-discipline. And um, he has some connections and some experience in the medical industry. So we came to this idea that he would be great at working for a company, which would give him some structure. So this would kind of help him with his um, self-discipline. But then he would be a product rep for um, the medical industry. Um, yeah, so he had, I, can't, I think I just said, I can't remember if I just said um, he had medical background. And um, so he was, he's looking for jobs now in that field where he can work with people, walk beside them to help them understand the product and the process of self-discipline. He would, um, now this is, is a, an aberration a little bit because usually the knowing the struggle is the way that he is built to um, give back. So um, I would advise him in his personal life to be looking for other people who are struggling with, self-discipline and the wins that he's had and the small victories of things that he's realized has, has helped him in that realm can can be who he should he he can kind of keep his ear open for people who are struggling with that so that he can say hey um let me walk beside you and share with you what i've learned to help you overcome some of these self-discipline things too and you know it might appear differently it may just be in his friendships and every now and then he's like oh yeah you know that it, I confess that has been one of my struggles. Here's what I've I realized have helped. And so even while he's doing a version of this in the marketplace for him and um, a job in a professional way, this also helps him understand and be able to look for what he's able to give back in his personal life too. And this should give him more purpose and mission and meaning. And he's using his skills in both avenues, which I think is um, ideal because a, a lot of missions may not earn you a lot of money. So then the ideal is to find a job that you can do that will help you get good at your mission, help you utilize the skills of your mission, and then in your free time, or maybe increasingly move towards this, if this model can earn you more money, increasingly move towards doing that in your personal life, utilizing those three circles um, in a mission in your in your personal life. The second one really quick is a couple i interviewed a couple who were they were asking to be funded for a missions trip they were going over to um, a company in a country in europe and i just asked them what are you good at what are your passions and what are your struggles and we realized that their struggles a lot of them or both of them a lot of the time felt like on the outside they felt like they were kind of like um loners when they would come into a a group but they had found a missions organization that they were going to go with. And I pointed out that um, they had said they have good one-on-one -on -one people skills. Um, that was one of the, like the, the girl had one-on-one -on -one good people skills, good empathy, good um, 
understanding of um, or, or just felt really comfortable with people. The the man in the couple um, had found a lot of loneliness he had to work through in his engineering um, degree that he was going through. And they're going over to be part of a ministry in Europe at a school, at a college. So I encouraged them in their team. They were the ones that could be watching for those people who were kind of on the outside, were the, the, the ones that looked alienated from the rest because both of them knew what it looked like to struggle with loneliness or feeling alienated or disconnected or depressed going through a difficult um, college degree. And I thought that that, that might be their most important skills, um, especially in a missions agency where, you know, hopefully they can use their people skills, but their most important redeeming quality is going to be the struggles they've been through because that qualifies them to look for people who are going through the same thing and speak to them from a really deep person-to-person -person position of, I've been there before. Let me help you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. You know what I love about that the most is that a lot of people, especially young people, they look at their pain and they focus on the pain and how it hurt them. And they don't focus on, hey, what good can come about from this difficulty that I have? I know that I myself as a young person, that was a that was all I did was focus on pain and I didn't focus on how could I help other people through this. And it's I mean, who can help someone who struggles with loneliness more than someone who's actually been there? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I love that. I love the, the fact that, you know, you're you're doing a holistic career and personal life uh, approach that you're just helping people. Hey, here's what you can do, not just at work, but throughout your whole life so that um, or throughout your whole day, which is your whole life, that you can actually go out there and help people all the time uh, or, or fulfill your mission all the time. Not that you have to be helping people all the time. But, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's how you're going to feel fulfilled at work. Here's how you're going to feel fulfilled in your personal relationships. And that, that, that's just amazing. I really love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, it's brought me a lot of purpose. And I yeah, want to emphasize exactly what you just said. The thing that may, might be different about this approach than some other approaches is we're going to bank on the fact that what you have struggled with doesn't make you less qualified. It makes you more qualified to help people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, they'll look at you and they'll say, hey, he knows, he understands. So I'm going to listen. And that's that's the key, right? Yeah, very cool. yep, exactly. Very, very cool. Um, awesome. So tell me about this. Uh, as, as we help each other by, uh, by sharing our story, what is something that you learned through your life? Maybe it's a, a life lesson that you went through when you were young, a life lesson that you went through in the past few years, or maybe even recently, a key life lesson that you learned that you just, I, you know, you have something to share uh, mm. from your story. And uh, yeah, just, just hit me with something that you think people should hear. Mm, awesome. You know, I've heard like, half a dozen or a dozen people mentioned this about entering their 30s, that 
life becomes so much more fun because you begin to know yourself and trust what you like, what you're enjoy. You let yourself enjoy what you love. You anyway, if I had known this, if I'd had the same self-awareness and bravery to pursue what I like doing back in high school, I would have been so much more happy. I think back then I was worried about the haters. I was worried about the pressures to do this thing that my parents were saying, or this thing that culture was saying was cool, a cool thing to do. Now, I also see that I had a journey to go on to, to figure out what I liked. But if I had known that the haters are going to go away, like it's going to pass there. Sometimes I put out art or blogs that gets pushed back and I feel depressed for a day but then I I learn I move on and I'm like you know I don't even talk to that person anymore it's it's two years later and you know we I wouldn't have anyways just because they were part of you know the outside of my sphere of normal interactions and nothing was lost by nothing really was lost by that trying something out and you know something that people didn't or didn't uh you know something that was outside of the box but it was right for me um there's no very little to lose for um, trying that stuff out. Now, it, it's good to be like to let your culture and your sphere of influence guide you in um, what is you, because, you know, what I think I'm good at may not be what other people think I'm good at. And so I need to listen when when a friend or something says, you know, Ross, um, maybe focus more on your art than your writing. And this is my this is my situation. I'm not as good at writing, but it's my passion. It's what I'll, what I could do for hours. I, my writing I also love, but I'm just better at it. And so I have to figure out a way to com, com, uh, combine those two. Um, but it's I sent out a survey a while ago to people who knew me really well and just said, hey, can you rank my skills as far as you understand it in these six or so categories? And, you know, give me some commentary on why you think I'm good at it. So that really helped me kind of hone the direction I went in. So it's it's sort of like a balance of following, having the bravery to follow what you love and experiment with what you like doing um, within reason. You know, you don't want to do something that will damage you for the rest of your life or break a relationship with a parent or something, a brother or whatever. But um, humbly sort of being confident in you and pursuing what you love and figuring it out, what you love doing, what you're good at doing, and kind of just not trying to please everybody. Just do what you love because if, what's that phrase? Something like um, what the world needs is more people doing what they're built to do or something like that. Um, I think that's probably true. I think if if we stopped looking at other people as inspiration no as as competitors in this big journey and in and more say like oh that's neat what they're doing is but it's not what i'm meant to do and how many followers they have that's different i'm not supposed to you know my sphere of influence is supposed to go deep with just 10 people just my friends closest around me or um so sorry this is a long answer but it's basically two bits of wisdom 
get to know who you are and what you love doing and and don't worry about the haters okay yeah <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> yeah that's really good advice um i feel everybody needs to just go on their journey i love that part about hey don't don't look at the side uh, the side of you and how you're competing with everyone because life is not a race where we're all just coming first second and third life is a race where we're just living our lives and it, it really is more of an artist's journey than an athlete's journey uh, where mm. you, you do what you do best and let people do what they do best. That's, I mean, I, I love that analogy. Um, and just, yeah, don't listen to the haters. But at the same time, be open to feedback because some people are giving you good feedback. You just, there are certain people who, who, have your best interests in mind and they are giving you good feedback, but there are also certain people who, you know, are malicious or they're going through their own thing. So you, you said so much that I, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just like, wow. Okay. That's, that's just, uh, that's a drinking from a, a fire hose, so to speak, but it's, it's all very good. So that I, I really appreciate that. Oh, uh, good questions, man. Thank you. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, um, I guess, you know, I want to just kind of think about young people and uh, what they do as a person who is an aspiring artist. What could a young aspiring artist do today to set them up for the future and that journey? And mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's many things, but just, just drop me like, maybe one or two pieces of, of wisdom of things that they could just do right now to yeah. help them on their journey. You got it. So I would say do a bunch of projects fast, make them small enough that you could complete them, publish them, learn from them and do the next one with what you've learned from the last one. Mm. And then this should start a process where you're quickly improving your craft and make that be an intention make your intention being not just put something out there for the sake of being out there, but start to constrain yourself to like, oh no, I need to draw this face more correctly than I did last time. Or I need to pay attention to the colors because I realize the nuances of colors infer something different about this piece. And iterate fast, figure out new ways to do it. Look at inspirations, look at things that you love other people are doing and kind of take them and use them in your own style and make your projects small enough that you can get them done in a day or two days, or maybe you get the majority of it done. You post it, ask for feedback, people give you feedback, and then you finish it off. But this is important because you need to do projects that get completed. It's so easy to put a bunch of work into something that's a grandiose vision and never gets done. You never get to have the feedback. You never get to have so, or, uh, objective critics give their input to praise you for that direction or to redirect you unless you get it done. So take projects with small enough scope that you will be able to finish it before you lose interest. And then maybe throughout this process, you can do longer term projects too, but do a bunch of fast ones. Like think of it as you're 
reaching up into a tree and you're grabbing the low-hanging fruit. Get this one done. Pluck, get this one done. Pluck, get this one done. Pluck. And uh, maybe in the meantime, you're climbing the, the tree, which takes a little bit more and getting the bigger apples up, up above. Um, so another, another bit of advice I'd say is there's a lot of <clears throat> simplistic art or abstract art out there, which gives the kind of the deception of art is super simple and that's good enough. All you have to do is scribble something on a page and it looks like Road Doll. Uh, or what's his uh, illustrator's name? He was the guy who wrote like James and the P Giant Peach. Yeah. And, um, so he had an illustrator. Oh no. Um, but it's like all really messy and really like scribbly. But what we don't understand is like, not just anybody can just scribble a bunch of stuff and it looks good. So, uh, and my inspiration, which I kind of fell into this trap was Shel Silverstein. He was the one who did the giving tree and some books of poetry, like where the sidewalk ends. He just had really simple line work. Like it looked like he took a Sharpie on onto a page without any sketches and just like made these funny, weird disproportioned faces. And they have a lot of characters, a lot of personality, but if not everybody can do that and still have the same results, even though it makes us have the feeling that like, yes, in the same way, abstract art, I think has given a bunch of artists a like, a free card that says like, oh, well, my person doesn't quite look like a realistic person, but that's okay because a lot of abstract art doesn't have real looking people. Instead, what is really happening is your art just sucks because you're not taking the time to figure out how to draw a real, the real proportions of a person a lot of times. Now, if you can perfect that and prove to people that you can draw, for example, a person with the right proportions accurately, good faces, good hands, you know, good legs and bodies and stuff, which are all hard, then maybe they'll listen to you when you do proportions with in a more stylistic way. But you can't use the cop out of saying that, oh, Shel Silverstein uh, did real simple line art or Henry Monet, I think his name, Henri Monet, did really weird abstract shapes for women's bodies. Um, we can't do that and still convince people that we rock at it. Um, so make sure you're you're able to do the the exact drawings um, as well. Okay, yeah, that's uh, those are good thoughts. I there you again, you extrapolated so much, but I like the idea of doing something. Just do something. Start creating. There's a Van Gogh quote, and I can't even remember how exactly how it goes, but it's like, hey, don't let a blank canvas intimidate you but start just start painting and i think that's a common just struggle for a lot of artists you're just like whoa like i have to create something out of nothing and i'm so afraid but if you just start creating it's it's good to make art even when it's bad art because bad art helps you make good art but at the same time like develop yourself as an artist and make good art and do your absolute best so that you can uh, hone your skills and your craft because it's true. I look at abstract art and I'm like, I could have done that. You don't, you can't gain my respect. But when, when someone can show that they got the shops, I'll be like, all right, cool. Yeah. I had another idea um, yeah. real quick uh, that you inspired. Um, if somebody wants to move this direction, the artist direction as a career, I would say, um, 
you can get really far by just making an online portfolio that looks really dang good. So you don't necessarily need to get a degree in it, I don't think, in order to get professional jobs that'll pay. Now, this is particularly applicable if you're feeling a lot of pressure or you also have skills in a more technical field or you feel like business is a good direction for you or accounting or being a lawyer or something else less artistic. If you can just build your business, I mean, I want to uh, change that from a question to a statement. You can build your business by just creating a lot of art. And if you get good enough and you build good enough portfolio, people see that and they're like, oh, I mean, I don't know if they have a degree or not, but if they can do art that looks like that, I want them to do art for me too. Um, and then you can build your client base like step by step by step. They grow bigger and more prestigious as they see the proof that you've done um, and published out there as often as possible on Instagram or Facebook or whatever your medium is. And uh, you don't need a degree necessarily in art. And in fact, maybe it makes more sense for a lot of people to pursue another field that they also have some inclinations towards and then do your art on the side and let it grow, let it grow, let it get better, do your quick iterative iterative processes, um, projects, so that um, you just put a lot out there and then people come to you. Because um, all they need to see, most people, is that you um, do good art and they want art of that same caliber. Now this particularly applies to someone who wants to do it freelance, which is in my book, the, the fun way to do it. If you work for a company that's an artistic company, you can probably do some pretty cool things, but you aren't going to get to experiment as much probably. And you'll be roped into all of their restraints, constraints and critiques and their style, their brand manual, so um, that's my advice for a freelance artist. Now, if someone's looking to hire, if you want to work for a company and you need the structure of working in a nine to five job, a degree gets you a little further in my experience. Yeah, those are all really good thoughts. And it makes me think about all the people who make great music. And it's like, well, they don't have degrees from Juilliard, but that dude can thrash on the guitar. And that's all yeah. I really care about is I bang my head, right? Yeah. So, yeah, very good. Very good. All right, so um, let's do this. I uh, oh, We're getting close to wrapping, uh, and I'm actually getting close to wrapping because I'm about to do a wrap. Um, so uh, give me like one uh, word or idea that you feel like um, kind of uh, represents this interview or um, just like, I guess that's a super abstract thing, but 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 tell me something that you feel like is 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 key, and I'll just kind of work from that, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Know what you're built for. Okay. Know what you're built for. That's oh, really I'm good. Looking forward to hear this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Here we go. Know what you're built for. All right. Yeah. I'm coming from the core. I know what I'm built for to do great works. And that's what I do. I don't have to search, but inside myself. And that's what I say. That's where I find my wealth. I need to come through and just start creating. Don't listen to people that are just hating. Just start making and know where I'm at. And that's what I say. Words that I rap. I'm talking about Ross Boone. That is a dude. 
come straight through to here to make moves and make mission mapping. Yo, I'm just rapping about that action, and that's what we got to do. Three freaking circles come straight through. I ain't Steve Urkel, but I just do what I got to do, kind of like him. And that's what I say when I'm coming with a pen. Write down my author story right now, and that's what I say. The glory is found inside ourselves if we just journey, and that's what I say. I'm just learning, and so are you. So we're here to make moves, and that's what I say. The boy just moved, dropping rhymes. There it is, done. Oh my right. gosh! Can I put that on all my social media? That's amazing. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Ross, I I have had so much fun talking to you. And I feel like there's a part two to this interview coming. Uh, you have so much to share with the world. And I, here's what I want uh, for you to do. I, I want you to just give any final thoughts of anything that you feel like you need to uh, communicate that maybe wasn't in any of the questions that I asked um, or just something that you, and you could even summarize what you, what you talked about, but uh, final thoughts. This is like Jerry Springer without the crazy, <laughs> crazy guest and the crazy uh, bouncer and the crazy host. Let's be honest. Um, so, final thoughts, and uh, and then we'll we'll we're pretty much done. Yep, I'd say you are not alone in this. We are all on a journey. It's different. What your struggles, what they are. There are other people who are struggling like you. And in fact, that is going to be the thing that gives you perhaps the most purpose. And <clears throat> if you want to chat about it, I would love to connect. Please, anybody who wants to, um, especially if you struggle with doubt, that is my area where I feel like I have some answers. Um, visit my website, connect with me on anything you'd like and reach out. We can talk or chat uh, about anything that you'd like to dive deeper in. The website is raw spoon.com r-a-w spoon.com that's um yeah so if it didn't come out clear earlier and if this sounds confusing my real name is ross boone so my artist name sounds like that but it's raw spoon so rossboon.com uh check it out uh send me a message i would love to hear from you thanks kim young you're awesome man yeah absolutely and uh thank you so much for being a guest uh real quick uh, let's go ahead and shout out your social media because I know people are going to want to connect. So uh, where can we find you online besides your website? I think everything's connected. Is that correct? Yeah, everything or? will be connected on my website. So that's the easiest way. But Instagram is at Ross Boone, R-O-S-S-B-O-O-N-E, all one word. And um, Facebook, you should be able to find my Raw Spoon page. Um, that's my, my artist name, sep, uh, just separate, separate words. I mean, um, you can type that in and it should come up, but you could also connect with me personally, Ross Boone. Um, I think, uh, so my, my company name is called Mand Products, M-A-N-D. So that should be, if it says that under my name, that that's me. And uh, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really on there <laughs> very much. And it's the same as my Instagram handle, Ross Boone. All right. Very cool. Thanks, man. Ross, thanks it has been so Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Good. Uh, thanks for what you're giving to the world. Uh, keep doing what you do. And um, man, I would love to talk to you again if you ever uh, want to have another chat. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Today's guest was Ross Spoon. Raw, R-A-W, Spoon, S-P-O-O-N. 
he is an amazing person. Y'all need to check him out. Go to his website, check out all of his art, check out the mission mapping, the Millennial Monk book that's coming out. I'm super excited about. This guy is going places and he wants to help you go places too. So connect with him. And uh, yeah, Ross, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You are too, uh, Kim Young. Take care, brother. All right, you too. Bye-bye. <laughs>